0: Let's um, go to Hebrews chapter 11 today, is where we'll begin. <clears throat> continuing to look at some things concerning faith for healing. And um, we'll deal specifically with some things concerning um, our confession. And um, Hebrews 11 and verse 1, of course, it says faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And we've talked over the weeks about uh, the word faith there. It's the conviction, conviction based upon hearing uh, or being convinced that something is true. And uh, that's that's where it begins. That's 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 faith in its densest form is being convinced that something's true. Being being uh, persuaded of it. And uh, faith, of course, comes by hearing. And that meaning of, of the word faith is a conviction based upon hearing. And uh, again, the simplest way to uh, describe that or illustration of that is hearing the word uh, preached and being we we use the term that person was convicted in their heart and they got born again. And, and, and of course, the Holy Spirit was the one that quickened that word. And so very often people will say, well, the Holy Spirit convicted their heart. Well, actually, when you read the scriptures, Uh, What you see is what was spoken or what the person saw is what convicted their heart. The Holy Spirit was able to use that. And um, so that's important because faith requires the clearly known will of God. All right, I've, I've got to clearly know the will of God. We've made the statement over the years that faith begins where the will of God is known. If I don't know the will of God, there's nothing for me to be convinced of. There's nothing for me to be persuaded of. And that's why it's important to recognize that God and His Word are one. If God said it in His Word, that's God's will. And uh, I, I have to know that that is the will of God. Now, after I'm convinced, my confession will bear it out. And, and we're going to look very uh, closely today at how, how God works with our words, how, how he works with what we say. And um, let's go over to Hebrews 10 and verse 23, right there in chapter 11. Now, this that we're about to read, it is a... Uh, it's one of several different things that here in Hebrews chapter 10, the apostle that wrote the book of Hebrews is saying that we need to do. He's writing to these believers and he talks to them about not forsaking the assembling of their selves together, considering one another to provoke the good works, uh, these different things. And then he says in verse 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And so the the King James Bible uses the word profession. Uh, anywhere that you look this up, it will put beside it in brackets or in parentheses confession. All right, profession or confession. Um, this is, this is important because, uh, you know, people, you'll, you'll still hear people say sometimes today, well, that person's not doing what they profess to believe, all right? So it, this is our profession. Profession in our day and age has become uh, to mean what you do. When this was written, it's what you say, all right? It's your profession. Uh, He says to hold fast our profession. And notice what it is. It's a profession of faith. It's a profession or a confession of what you're convinced of. It's a confession or a profession of what you're persuaded of. In the perfect context, it's holding fast to the conviction that you're born again. That you're a Christian. That's the perfect context of these verses. But... Faith for salvation, faith for healing, same faith. It operates the same way. It comes the same way. It goes the same way. And so he says to hold fast. And, and that confession and that, that word, it means what one professes. It also means acknowledgement. So hold fast what you have acknowledged. All right. Well, here again, in in the perfect context, it's you have acknowledged Jesus as your Lord. So hold on to that. All right. Well, for the sake of our teaching, when you're convinced, you're convinced that you're healed. Keep acknowledging that. You've acknowledged that you're healed. All right. So. I'm to confess or acknowledge what I'm convinced of. Now, make the understanding clear that this is in the face. Remember, the the proof is not the end result. The proof is in the conviction. I acknowledge what I'm convinced of, not what I see. Now, Now, right there, that's where a lot of people miss it, is, is they think just because they're, you understand? They, they have that backwards. We acknowledge what we're convinced of, not what we see. See, a lot of people try to use their confession to change what they see, and they're not convinced of what they can't see. I have to be convinced first. Spend time getting convinced. If you'll put the labor in becoming convinced, the rest of it is relatively simple. Because once I'm convinced, then everything else falls into line. If you're not convinced, your confession won't fall into line. If you're not convinced, your acting won't fall into line. All right? That's so important because my, my faith doesn't follow my confession. My confession follows my faith. Glory to God. And so when we declare that we're healed, we're acknowledging that we've received healing. We're acknowledging that we're healed. This is what I am. I'm acknowledging it. This is my profession. This is my confession. I'm convinced of this. All right? Ever ever, what that may be in, in the context that we're dealing with, my healing. And if I'm convinced, then I'm saying what I'm convinced of, not what I can physically see. See, my confession, Lord, help me say this, right? My confession doesn't change what I can physically see. What I'm convinced of changes what I can physically see. But my, conf- my confession, my confession, my confession gives speed to that. And, and I'll give you an example. Because over the years, I've talked to people. And, and they would say, well, I see in the Bible that healings God's will. I mean, I know, I know it's God's will. But then they would say, but how can I say I'm healed when I'm not? Well, see, they saw that it was God's will, but they didn't become convinced that it was God's will for them. See, you're not here because it's God's will to heal everybody else. You're here because you believe it's God's will to heal you. You want everybody else healed. But you really want you healed. Right? I mean, that's that's so true. I have compassion for everybody. Right? But I want me healed. And I I want you healed. So this person will say, how can I say I'm healed when I'm not? Now... Right away, somebody that has a uh, somewhat of a understanding of faith and say, see there, there's their problem. They're saying they're not healed. The problem is they're not convinced. Once you are convinced, you'll start saying what you're convinced of. Hallelujah. So when a person goes, well, how can I say I'm healed when I'm not? Don't get, Don't jump on them. They're not convinced. They have to be convinced. Right? This is so important. The word he said, hold fast to our confession. That that word is to seize on. That phrase, those two words hold fast, seize on, hold down, (laughs) keep in memory right? What, what I acknowledged. Seize onto that. I am healed. You seize onto that. That's your go-to. If nothing else comes out of your mouth, that comes out of your mouth. I am healed. I am the healed of the Lord. You hold that down. Oh, hallelujah. You keep that in memory. Why do you got to keep that in memory? Because there's going to be times your body tries to tell you you're not. But you keep in memory what you acknowledge. Wait wait, wait a minute. I declared I'm the healed of the Lord. I'm the healed of the Lord. That's what I am. And and sometimes you need to tell him, devil, listen, not what I'm going to be. What I am is healed. Because he'll play on that. Well, yeah, I know you're going to be. But you're not. No, no, I didn't say going to be. You must be hard of hearing. You need healing. And not I'm going to be. I am healed. That's what Norval Hayes said. He said you've got to yell at the devil. He can't hear good. Hallelujah. But, but you understand why I'm saying that? You keep that in your memory. This is what I said. I'll, I'll do that to people before. They'll say, well, this is what you said. No, 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 no. That's not what I said. This is what I said right? Because, because the enemy will play that. Well, yeah, I, I mean, you know, you're going to be healed, but you know, you're just not right now. Well, yes, I am. See, I keep that in memory. That, that is the importance of holding fast to your profession. I'm keeping what I said in memory. Hallelujah. And then he said, without wavering. Without wavering. And that word is a, is a word. Now that word wavering is only used once in the entire Bible. All right? It's, it, we see wavering in other places. We see, uh, uh, for instance, in, in Romans 4, it talks about Abraham and he wasn't weak in faith. He didn't stagger at the promise of God. Same word for wavering that we see in James 1, 6. Wavering. This, this is only used here in Hebrews. And it means... It means not leaning, unmoved, or firm. Not leaning, unmoved, or firm. Now, that's there for an uh, uh, important reason. It tells us the importance of our confession where faith is concerned. Notice, he, he puts faith and confession in the same verses, and then he tells you the importance all right, to your faith of your confession. He says you need to seize onto it. You need to hold it down. You need to remember that. And then notice, don't lean. Remember what Scripture says? It says don't lean to your own understanding. In other words, you're on track here with my understanding. Don't start leaning to your own. He's telling the people that he's writing to, he's saying, you're on track with your confession about what you believe. Don't start leaning the other way. That's why you got to hold it down. Now, why would he have to say that? Because your body talks to you. Your mind talks to you. Your feelings talk to you. Uh, the circumstances talk to you. The doctor's report talks to you. Don't Don't start leaning that way. Now, understand, we're not talking about deny that it's there don't start leaning towards that as the truth what you have acknowledged is the truth that's what you're convinced of not convinced about the doctor's report i am convinced however that i'm healed right you know some people go, and the lord's had me on this if i i was teaching saturday and uh at our faith builders church in raytown and, and he had me spend probably a good 30 minutes on this. A lot of people go to the doctor, and they go to the doctor with their defenses up. I didn't say their faith up, their defenses. Bless God, any bad report that comes out, I'm not taking it. Well, I mean, that sounds good, you know. But that's like, that's like the guy that has been married six months telling you about how much he knows about marriage. Well, I'm not going to listen to him. You've only been married six months. What do you know? You don't even know what kind of socks she likes yet. Right? <laughs> but but my, my point is, should your mindset be, I'm not going to take to heart what may be contrary to what I believe? Yes. But people go in, and, the, and here's what they do. They rob themselves of the doctor's ability to help them. Because they're against the doctor, not the sickness. They've already decided they're not going to listen to anything he says. And it's the sickness you're against, not the doctor. He's, he's the news reporting. He's just reporting what they found. Right? This is important because I've watched it hurt people's faith. Because, because if, if you get over there, if you get over there, and that's, that's that's what your confession is against. I don't receive that doctor's report. It's not the doctor's report. It's what they found. The doctor just reported it. Amen. Do, do you hear me? Some Sometimes people think I don't need to break it down that far. But think about this. If you have an x-ray and it reveals a broken bone... Isn't the doctor just giving you what the x-ray reported? So who really reported it? The x-ray. The doctor just told you what's on the x-ray. Right? Don't get mad at the doctor. Well, he don't have a very good bedside manner. Well, some of them don't. I know preachers that don't have a very good bedside manner. But people still come here and preach. You know, I mean, right? Right? Some, some doctors are just that way. But here's the thing. When you set yourself against the person, remember, people aren't your problem. Right? If he doesn't have a good bedside manner, find another one. But, but don't set yourself against it because here's the thing. You're so focused on, I'm not taking that report. That's not right. That's a lie. That's, well, number one, it's not a lie. It's right according to what they can see what's right but what's your job here I'm back to my point what's your job don't lean what 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 was your confession I'm healed is that right I'm healed so that settles the issue whatever they bring out and lay on the table I'm healed amen right I'm healed that's my confession and, and, the, and then that way, you're able, to deal, you're able to deal from the inside out with the doctor instead of like most people do from the outside in. I'm dealing with it from the inside out. I'm already out ahead of it. Because before I ever went to the office, I was acknowledging I'm healed. See, a large part of your confession is to get you out in front of things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's that's why when you're you're not dealing with something physical, you're confessing the word that you're healed. I've run into people before, and and their mindset was like, well, why would I confess healing scriptures? I'm not sick. Well, because you live in a world with the curse on it, and at some point, it's going to knock on your door, ever how minor or major it may be. And I want to have a firm footing before I ever face it. And here's what a lot of people do. Here's why confession doesn't work for some people. Is they're always trying to play catch up with their confession. They wait till the symptom arises and then they try to confess the word. And they wait till they get the bad report and then they're trying to confess the word. But remember what faith does? It absorbs and extinguishes all the fiery darts of the wicked. So if I've already got my faith operating, right? And, and remember something, when you get a bad report, faith, Lord help me say this right, it will extinguish the sickness, but, but hear me, it extinguishes the fear and the concern that comes with it. Because if I'm in faith, I'm in peace. Right? If I'm in faith, I'm in peace. That's, that's why you can say... I'm not moved by that. I'm the healed of the Lord. Doctor, thank you. Thank you for letting me know what we're dealing with. Right? Amen. And then he might offer a course of action. And you might have to say, well, let me pray about that. Give give me a day to think about it. You may not tell him you're going to pray about it. You know, you you don't, right? Don't necessarily want people to think you're goofy. And you might want to tell him you're going to pray about it. I mean, I do. But the but the point that I'm making is you may or may not want to do that but but the thing is is there's peace. If if you recognize there's a lack of peace then there's something I need to get stable. Amen. So notice he said you're not leaning, you're unmoved. So yes, there's a report, but I'm not moved by it. What's the evidence that I'm not moved? My declaration hasn't changed and won't change. So that tells us the importance of that. See, the, the, you have to be unmoved from what you're confessing, you have to be unseparated from it. This is what I am. I am healed. Now, don't be moved from that because that's what he's fighting to, to separate you from. All right, is separating you from what you're declaring. Amen. Don't lean towards what you don't want. Don't even get close to what you don't want. Well, Pastor, I'm already close. It's, it's, I'm, I'm battling it in my body. Don't you get close to it with your words. I'm the healed of the Lord. But they said they need to do this. I know, and they're doing it to a healed person. Right? That see? That Hallelujah. And then that medicine they give you, it, wi- it will work extra good because it's working in a healed person's body. It it doesn't have to go through all of the unbelief and the doubt and the fear that it's got to go through for some other people. Amen. Because number one, you're saying I'm healed. Number two, when they say we're going to do this treatment, you're saying, yeah, and it's going to work like it's supposed to work in Jesus' name. Right? Amen. As opposed to some people that go in talking about how sick they are, how bad things are, right? And then the doctor says, well, this is what we're going to do. And they go, well, if it works, hopefully it works. This is what they're going to try. They're not trying anything on me. What they're doing is going to work. (laughs) right see i'm acknowledging that and 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 that's what's gonna be hallelujah see am i helping you because 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 here's the thing is uh you know I, i i've i've watched people over the years they'll they'll go and get a report from the doctor and then they'll come and and here's where the 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 hard part comes, is then they'll say, well, the doctor says I'll be dealing with this long term. Well, I mean, again, you're not against him. They're just saying what they've seen in other people. Right? But I don't want to lean towards that. That's not long term for me. It's short term. Why? Because I'm healed, and this sickness can't stay. It's got to go because I'm healed, right? If, if a person if a person is well, what is it? What is what stands to reason? They're not sick. So if you're healed, you're not sick. It's it's not the report doesn't make you sick. What you believe makes you sick. Not the report. The report doesn't make me sick. It's what I believe that makes me sick. Does that make sense? And so somebody put a hand on your head and say, well, you are too sick. You got a fever. Well, I'm not denying I have a fever. I'm not denying that I'm dealing with something. But my acknowledgement is that I'm healed. Well, what are you going to go? What are you going to do? I'm going to go home and lay down. Well, why are you going to go home and lay down? Because I feel like laying down. Right? Now, we've all heard the story, you know, where where people will say, and the Lord said it to me before. You know, well, you know, he was in bed, and, well, I'm healed in the name of Jesus. And the Lord spoke to the minister and said, are you healed? He said, yes, I'm healed. He said, well, it's 10 o'clock in the morning. Healed men are up and out of bed by 10 o'clock. Well, I mean, there's a place for that. But there's also a place to go home and lay down declaring you're healed. See, faith and guilt and condemnation, they don't work together. And there are people that try to not go to bed when they don't feel well because they want you to believe they're in faith. When their faith would work a lot better if they'd just go take a nap. Amen. I'm I I've made ministers, some ministers up people upset with me because uh, listen, I don't have anything to prove to you by my faith. You think whatever you want, you have faith, have it to yourself. If you believe that healed people don't take naps, that's up to you. You do whatever you want to, you old tired thing. You're just gonna be wore out. Amen. Hallelujah. But, but what's the difference? I never go take a nap and lay down talking about, oh, I just don't feel good. Oh, I just feel horrible. Oh, this is just, oh, it's wearing me out. No, I'm healed. I'm laying down. Well, I'm tired. Well, why are you tired? My immune system's being assaulted. My body's fighting it. My, 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 my healed body is fighting against this. So it's, it's going to take a toll on my physical self, but here's what I believe. I'm going to lay down take a nap and get up better. Oh, hallelujah. You see how simple it can be? People complicate it. Amen. And, 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 and that's the greatest thing you can do. The couple that came to our house one time and they came to our house to visit us after our oldest daughter was born and, uh, Uh, She, the Lord had, had healed her, had healed her body, had healed a collapsed lung that she had. And uh, they were at our house and they, I don't, I don't know why they were nosing through my medicine cabinet, but they were. And uh, 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 in the bathroom, in the guest room, and they found some, we had some like allergy medicine in there and I don't know what else. And they told people that were very close to us, they, they, to this day, they don't know that we know, but they said, well, that's why their daughter got sick was because they take medicine. And then they found out I had insurance. And that oh, Lord, that's, that's the bigger reason, right? Their idea of faith was you don't take medicine. You know, you, you, right? You just believe God. Well, this same guy was sitting out. We were having a, a celebration for our daughter, well, a birthday for one of our kids, out in front of the house that we were staying in, out in the driveway. had a table set up and everything. And it kind of clouded up like it was going to rain. And, uh, and uh, he just pointed at the clouds and he said, nope, not going to rain in the name of Jesus. Not going to ruin our celebration. You say, what happened? Came a toad strangler. Amen. You say, what would you do when he spoke to the cloud? I went into the garage. Why? Because I've lived there a lot of years. It's going to rain. Well, what would he do? He sat there in that chair till he realized he looked like a fool. And then he came up and got in the garage. Well, well, here's my point. So what, what I mean, see, his idea of faith was you don't take medicine. My idea of faith is I will take whatever it takes to feel better while the healing's working. Why suffer through with a headache when you can take an Advil and confess the word while you feel better? Amen. Well, I got this problem in my teeth and I'm believing God to heal me. Go to the dentist. Let the dentist help you. Now, I don't know why I'm here, but I'm here. Let, let the dentist help you and confess the word. Amen. Well, what do I confess? You confess the word that says he keeps all my teeth. All of them. Amen. Yeah, but I got to get this and I got to get that and I got to get the other. Well, go get it. Just go get it. Feel better. It's a lot easier to confess the word feeling better than it is struggling with pain. I'm helping you. Now, do you see that? See, I'm unmoved from what I'm confessing. I'm unmoved by the circumstance. I'm unmoved by the prescription they may give me. I'm unmoved by it. Doesn't mean anything. Now, I've had people come with the prescription and go, I was believing God, and now they got me on this. Well, take it. Take it. Believe God. Every time you take it, believe. Thank God you're healed. Hallelujah. Isn't that great? And then he says, Why that I need to do this? The rest of that verse. For he is faithful who promised. Ah. In other words, if I stay true to what I've said, He'll stay true to what He said. Do you see this? My confession, what I acknowledge is one of the main things God has to work with where my healing is concerned. I've got to stay true to what I said. Because He'll stay true to what He said. Remember what Paul wrote in 1 Timothy? He said, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. He can't deny himself. He can't deny what he said. And so when your confession is, I'm the healed of the Lord, I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. Thank you, Father, I'm healed. And you consistently acknowledge that. He'll be faithful to what he said. Oh, hallelujah. Notice this in in Numbers 14. I want you to see something. This verse doesn't necessarily have to do uh, with healing, but it does have to do with uh, words or confession. And uh, Numbers 14, verse 27. How long shall I bear with this evil congregation that murmur against me? And notice what he said. I've heard the murmurings of the children of Israel. So we'll stop right there. We'll read the rest of it. But what does that tell me? God hears what we say. God hears it. And notice what he said. That they murmur against me. Saying unto them, as truly as I live, says the Lord, as you have spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. Or I will allow this to happen. Well, what was it? Notice verse 29, the first part of verse 29. Your carcasses will fall in this wilderness. What were they constantly saying? We're going to die in this wilderness. We're going to, brought us out here to die. Brought us out here to die. And finally, right here, God had enough. He said, you tell them as they've spoken in my ears. That's what's going to happen. Do you know all through that, that whole journey, God could not stop the repercussions of what they said. He would always somehow make amends for it, but he couldn't stop it from happening because they said it. So God could not, God's will could not override the words that they held fast to. His will was the promised land. But God's will couldn't override their words. So God's will, we're convinced, we're persuaded, God's will is healing. But be mindful that His will cannot override my words. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Think, think about this. the Bible promise us, promises us long life. He says he says uh, uh, that he would take sickness from our midst and the number of our days we would fulfill. and he promised us long life, right? So, so I don't need to be talking short life, right? I don't, I don't need to be making preparations to die. Before the number of my days are fulfilled. Well, how do I make those preparations with my words? Amen. I I had a loved one one time that would always make statements like this. Well, y'all need to come and see me because, you know, nobody appreciates anybody till they're dead and gone. Well, what was on their mind? Dead and gone. Right? Right? And you know, to, the, to my knowledge, nobody appreciates them more now that they're dead and gone than we did when they were alive. I'm not going to appreciate you more when you're not here. I'm going to do my best to appreciate you now. You know what? I can never get that loved one to believe. I can never get him to say consistently that they were healed. Do, do you know why I couldn't get him to say it when the, the pressure was on? Because they didn't say it when the pressure wasn't on. They had no faith built up about it. Amen. Words are an indicator of what we believe. And no one would would say, you know, I desire to be sick. But that same person has to be convinced they're healed and hold fast to that confession. Because notice, they never said, we desire to die in the wilderness. But they kept saying, we're going to. If you were to ask somebody that would talk about how sick they are, oh, I'm so sick, I'm so sick, I'm so sick. If you were to ask them, is that what you want? Well, of course not. They'd get indignant. Well, of course, that's stupid. Nobody wants to be sick. Then why are you talking about how sick you are? Well, I don't want it, but you got to understand that's what you're going to have. Because words are an indicator of your will. When a little child, just a little child, three, four years of age, when they learn that word, no, right? And mom and dad will tell them, they'll say, now go in there and do this. And, and, you know, at that age, everything they do is cute. And they stop and they go, no. Well, I mean, it's cute, but you know what that is? That's a setting of their will against mom and dad. People say they don't know what they're doing. Oh, yes, they do. Oh, yes, they do. I, I got a former elementary teacher in here. She can tell you that they do know what they're doing. I, I've raised five kids. I can tell you they do know what they're doing, right? Now, here's my point. What are, what are those two words, N-O? What's that word, N-O? Indication of their will. I don't want to do that, right? Amen. So what do you have to do? you got to change what they say. No, the proper response, darling, when I ask you to do something is, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Well, what am I doing? I'm bending their will, and I'm saying, what what I'm actually saying is, when I ask you to do something, you need to submit your will to mine. And then affirm it. Declare you're healed whether you feel it or not, whether you see it or not. And in doing that, you're submitting your will to God's will, and then you're declaring it. I submit my will to you, and because I've submitted my will to you, I'm healed. Hallelujah. The children of Israel didn't want to die in the wilderness, but they did. And the Bible's talking here about Job and his sons. And it says in verse 5, It was so when the days of their feasting were gone about, Job sent and sanctified them, rose up early in the morning, offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, now notice, said, It may be my sons have sinned, and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. What did he do continually? He sacrificed and said, What did he sacrifice about? And say continually, my sons may have sinned against God. Do you see that? This is important. Because it's not just what he was doing, it's what he was saying. And then in uh, Job 3 and 25, When some things had occurred, Job said, for the thing I greatly feared is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. The center column reference says, I feared a fear, and it came upon me. Now, now here's the thing to understand. What is the primary way we would know you're afraid? What you say. Your actions will follow what you say. Oh, that scares me. And then you take off. Amen. Uh, See, my words give God something to work with, and my words give the devil something to work with. And so, that's what I got to watch. Well, you know what I'm dealing with? It's going to be a long, drawn-out process. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, right? I'm not saying there won't be some time involved, but I can also say it's going to be simple and easy. In uh, Matthew eight, Matthew chapter eight. There's some things to see from the ministry of Jesus. You know, that's why words hurt so much. Whoever made the statement, they said, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. They never had anything bad said to them. Right? Because the Bible says that words are like the piercings of a sword. They go directly into your heart. Hallelujah. I mean, you you just think, if you've ever had anyone look at you and say something ugly, if you've ever had someone tell you they hate you, I don't care who it is. I don't care who the person is. They say those words, you're like, oh, my Lord. Why? Because nobody wants anybody to hate them. Right? Nobody. And it's it's those words. Words. Words, the Bible says, uh, that the words of a talebearer, remember it, it, it talks about how they dry you up on the inside? Amen. And Job said, I feared a fear. Well, how do we know he feared? By what he did and said. And he said, That's what came on me. I feared a fear, and it came on me. What I feared came on me. Now in Matthew 8, verse 6, well, actually for the sake of time, we'll, uh, uh, verse 10, this is when Jesus was dealing with the centurion. The man said in verse 9, he said, uh, speak the word only, verse 8, speak the word only and my servant will be healed. Jesus, verse 10, when Jesus heard it, not saw it, not felt it, heard it, he said, I've not found such great faith, remember confession and faith go together in Hebrews 10, right here we see confession and faith together again, what the man said was evidence of what he believed. And then Jesus said in verse 13, go your way, and as you have believed, well, this begs the question, how did he know what he believed? Because of what he said. Right? So Jesus said, as you have believed, well, what did he believe? What he said to Jesus, speak the word, and my servant will be healed. Now, think about that. If he doesn't believe anything, Jesus has nothing to work with. Because my words, my confession are one of the main ways that God moves. And, right? So so this man could have said any number of things. He could have left it with how sick his servant was. Whatever the case may be. Right? When when you read all, all... many other scriptures, when the nobleman came to Jesus and and he said, come down, my, my son's about to die. And Jesus said, oh, you people won't believe lest you see a sign and a wonder. He said, look, whatever, my child's about to die. Come to my house. And Jesus said, go your way. Your son lives. And it says he believed it. He believed the words. Right? Notice, that was his acknowledgment. I believe this in uh, Mark chapter 5, and verse 35, this is Jairus, and remember Jairus had come to Jesus earlier and said, come lay your hands on my daughter and she'll be healed and she will live. Verse 35 says, while he yet spoke, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain that said your daughter's dead why trouble the master any further hmm. as soon as jesus heard the word that was spoken he said to the ruler of the synagogue don't be afraid only believe now here's the thing only believe what what you said If I'll come to your house and lay hands on her, she'll be healed and she'll live. See, what's trying to happen here? Separation from what you said. What what was trying to separate him? Fear and unbelief. What what caused the fear? What could have caused the fear and the unbelief? Bad report. And what, what was the temptation? To lean towards that. What did Iris have to do? Hold on. Seize. Don't be moved from what you acknowledged. Hallelujah. Don't be afraid that this changes what you said. We know I was, I was believing God, and, and you know this was my confession, but then I went to the doctor and they said it was worse. Well, don't think that changes what you've been saying. It doesn't change it. You're still what you said you was. <laughs> Amen. That's so important. See, that's where your consistency with your faith comes in. You got to be consistent. I'm I'm learning so much about consistency, and uh, why Jesus needed Jairus' faith to complete this miracle. I need you to. If he's not going to believe, why go to your house? You don't believe it. The dead girl can't believe. She's dead. That's why what Paul say, so what if some don't believe? Their unbelief doesn't make what God said ineffective. Ineffective, Right? But people say, well, I'm believing this, but my mama don't believe it. Well, who cares? We love mama, but who cares? Mama isn't believing. I'm sorry. But that doesn't change you. You know, I made a decision a long time ago. And when I say this, please, please understand, it's, it's rather straightforward. But it's, it's what came up in my spirit. I'm not going to die for nobody. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not going to die with something just because somebody thinks I should. And you'll hear people that say, well, you go to the doctor, you know, you got cancer. That's a death sentence for you. Not for me. Not for me. Not for me. My blood system right now is responding to cancer and fighting it with every bit of my immune system. My immune system right now is learning to defend me against every disease, every germ, every virus that attaches itself to my body. That's just the way it is. See your your words. I don't mind telling you, I'll never have it. Amen. Think about that. That's so important. You know, they said this and and they said this and. And and the people that people are quoting are people that have been caught in lies over and over and over again, but yet they'll take to the bank what they say. No, it's what I say. Look at one more verse here. Mark chapter 9. Verse 21. This is when they, they brought this young boy possessed of this spirit to Jesus and verse 1 n he Jesus asked his father how long ago is it since this came unto him he said of a child and oftentimes it cast him into the fire into the waters to destroy him but if you can do anything have compassion on us and help us Jesus said if you can believe all things are possible to him that believes straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears Lord I believe help my unbelief now this is important because uh, the Weiss translation says, Jesus said to him, as for those words of yours, if you are able, all things are possible to the one that believes. Wasn't referencing the man, is referencing him. See, Jesus is saying, the issue is not with my power or my faith. And he's also telling you something here. He's not saying, I have the power because I'm the Son of God. He's saying, I have the power because I believe. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they will cast out devils. They will lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. These signs will follow them that believe. So Jesus said, Look, I'm a believer. It's not the issues not with my the my power or my faith. I'm a believing one. He's saying, I need your faith. Issues not with my faith. I need your faith. And the man answered correctly, I'm believing. In the Greek, that's what he said. I am believing. Believing what? What you said. See, any anytime you read where something happened like this in the scripture, there was always something said. And a believing of what was said. That's just it. The the Bible says in Hebrews 4. That the children of Israel couldn't enter into what God wanted them to enter into. Because of their unbelief. And it says they were not united in faith. To what they heard. To what they heard. To what was said. I got to believe what was said. And I primarily have to believe what I said. Hallelujah. I believe God. Amen. Well, I believe, I believe the Word. Amen. Hallelujah. We want to pray for you today. If you would like prayer, we'll certainly lay hands on you and believe God with you. If you're watching online, you, of course, can get involved in this as well when we pray. Uh, if we pray for those here, or, or just pray uh, a prayer over everybody, you can reach out and become a part of that uh, by exercising your faith. Amen. Hallelujah! Glory to God. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah for the completion. That, he, uh, Lord, yeah, Lord, I see, yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. That's, that's, that's what the Lord's saying. Amen. Yeah, there will be a completion of what he started. Glory to God. He's faithful to complete it. Faithful. He that began a good work is faithful to complete it. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just come into agreement, first of all, with my sister. And then I, in, in, in the, following the admonition of your word, we lay hands on her. Lord, not because she's sick, but in agreement that she's healed. Yeah, in the name of Jesus. Complete what you started. Complete what you started. Father, I thank you today for my dear sister. I thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, thank you. I see that. I thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Father. Every spirit of infirmity that has attempted to just hold on to her. Father, we speak over her life, over her physical body, and we declare in the name of Jesus, that must cease. Out you go. Ah, yeah, in the name of Jesus. And I believe God. I believe God for complete healing in the name of Jesus. Father, we just speak over everyone watching online. We just speak over every person in this room. And we speak the healing word over them. And we declare that in the name of Jesus, that your stripes, Jesus, bought our healing. And we thank you for it. And we'll keep our confession in line with what you did for us. And we receive our healing in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. God is so good to us. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Ha, ha, ha. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, what a presence of the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for the manifestation of your presence. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Hallelujah. Well, we'll certainly be back together next Tuesday for another great healing school. We also have church tomorrow night uh, here at 10500 Markham right here in the city of Little Rock, Arkansas, where Jesus is building his church. And uh, we we want you to keep building your faith.